0: I'm Hannah Garland, mom, wife, formerly overwhelmed human being, and I believe in living an uncommon life. In my uncommon life, I know I'm not meant to be a perfect person, but I am meant to be a peaceful one, free from anxiety and unrest. In pursuit of this purpose, I live intentionally, making choices to take care of myself, simplify all facets of my life, and trust in God. Do you feel like it takes every ounce of your energy just to barely get through each day? Too often people, especially wives and moms, feel chronically anxious and unwell because they don't devote time to understanding what would truly bring them peace and joy. Meanwhile, they go through the motions and miss out on their purpose. I want to invite you to stop surviving and start thriving. Learning to thrive can be a simple notion. Sometimes, it looks like getting through the day, but with more peace and fulfillment. Your uncommon life will look differently than anyone else's. My goal is to empower you with the knowledge to make choices for yourself that are beneficial for your mind, body, and soul. This is your uncommon life. Start living it. Hello, everyone. It's Christmas Eve, everybody. I absolutely love Christmas. I kept my tree up until May. (laughs) of this year, I was forced to take it down when I was 9 months pregnant because I didn't want to deal with taking it down once I had a new baby. A couple announcements before we get into this week's podcast. First of all, next week, we are talking about habit formation and resolutions. A record amount of people are planning to create resolutions this coming New Year's. Historically, as you well know, most people have a pretty poor track record of success. We're going to talk about what makes new habits stick and what causes them to fail. Speaking of resolutions, it seems like a lot of people want to take a pause from social media next year, and I don't blame them. Social media has been rife with division this year. If you plan to do so, make sure you subscribe to my podcast via other means like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. For some reason, it can be hard to find me by searching in iTunes. I think I might still be too new. But if you go to my website, youruncommonlife.com, and click on the Listen tab, I actually have a direct link to my iTunes page there. And if you happen to like the podcast, I would appreciate it if you could help me out by leaving a review on iTunes. Finally, I'm going to have my first guest soon. At least a couple are scheduled and will be published in the next month or so. They'll be sharing their own unique stories of adversity, and I hope you'll listen in. Okay, on to the show. For this, my Christmas Eve podcast, I wanted to do something that inspired hope and was encouraging after what has been a challenging and confusing year for so many people. I don't need to go into the details of the year. You know what's happened. The year that shall not be named has been hard for so many people and affected us all in different ways. It would be great if we could just move past it, but turning a blind eye to our challenges prevents growth and learning. I'm not saying we should dwell on our suffering. That's self-pity, and this is a self-pity-free zone. We are all about reflection, trying to understand what we can learn, and looking for opportunities that even the toughest seasons present to us. I would venture a guess that throughout this past year, most of us have faced some kind of adversity or had unforeseen circumstances create forks in our roads where we've had to make tough decisions or been forced down new paths. I've seen some people take the new bends and twists in their roads and turn them into opportunities. Multiple friends of mine have started new businesses, turned pipe dreams into realities, moved to better areas, reconnected with family, And discovered new hobbies. They probably never would have stretched themselves in these ways unless they were forced to. That being said, some of us have faced things this year that seem insurmountable. You may have lost hope, wondered when the worst would pass, or gotten to the point where all you could do was bear down and just get through each day. Those seasons are very real and sometimes are unavoidable. But, this year is a season, the pandemic is a season, job loss is a season, homeschooling is a season, hopefully. Now, that season may not end favorably or as expected for all involved, but it does end. As you well know, most things don't end the way you expect, but that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities, lessons, and silver linings to be found in the unexpected. You can't always change what season you're going through but you can control how you deal with it. Seasons are periods of time marked by a set of unique events or circumstances, much like a winter season that begins with a blizzard. Rough seasons of life are often set off by storms. Storms are acute, painful, sudden events that can dramatically shift your course. Do you currently feel like you're up against something that you can't solve, or have you felt that way in the past year? what got you through it? Did you grit your teeth with anxiety until the storm passed? Did you come out the other side with a new perspective? Sometimes we can't change what we're going through. So how do we move forward when we can't solve our problems and don't have an end in sight? In the midst of a storm, it may be all we can do to just bear down and get through it. Simply not giving up and letting go may be a success. However, when the lightning and thunder stops it's important that we ground ourselves quickly, not dwell on our pitiable state, and find a way to get through the upcoming tough season. You can't always control your circumstances, change the season you're in, or undo a storm that's past. So, if we can't change our circumstances while we pass through a tough season, we can still change our mindset and gain perspective. I'm not talking about saying unconstructive, toxic, and meaningless things like, hang in there, and you got this. I'm talking about using real tools to gain a more constructive perspective. I'll dive into those later, but first, I have a story. Do you know the hymn, It Is Well? Even if you don't know much about hymns, you have likely heard the song or seen the phrase, It Is Well With My Soul, on wall hangings and artwork. These isolated phrases painted on wood that sell for $12.95 and hang in people's hallways do little to capture the moment those words were written. Horatio Spafford is the author of that hymn, and this is the story of how he came to write it. Horatio Spafford and his wife Anna epitomize what it means to have hope in the midst of a storm. History often tells the story of Horatio, but I am also struck by the character and hope of Anna. They were blessed with five beautiful children and lived in Chicago. The Spafford family came to know tragedy well. When their son, Horatio Jr., was four years old, he died of scarlet fever. A year later, in the Chicago Fire of 1871, Horatio suffered significant financial loss when many of his properties burned. Two years later, in 1873, the Spafford family was going to take a trip to England. Horatio was delayed, so he sent his wife and four living children ahead of him. He and Anna had four daughters from the ages of two to eleven. Unfortunately, while crossing the Atlantic on a steamship, their vessel was struck by another ship and went down. At first, Horatio thought his entire family was gone. Later, his wife, Anna, sent him a telegraph. She wrote, Saved alone. She alone had been rescued after floating unconscious on a plank of wood that landed in South Wales. After Anna was rescued, one of the ministers traveling with the survivors remembered hearing Anna say, God gave me four daughters. Now, they have been taken from me. Some day I will understand why. Horatio took a boat to England to recover his wife. While on the voyage, the captain alerted him when he passed over the place where his four young daughters had drowned. It is said he wrote, it is well, right after he passed the place his daughters died, though some accounts say he wrote it a little later. Regardless, we know it was written as a response to the loss of his children. I won't attempt to sing it, I'll save you the pain of that, but I will read the first verse. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. It's a hymn of peace and hope. Horatio later wrote to Anna's half sister On Thursday last, we passed over the spot where she went down in mid ocean, the waters three miles deep. But I do not think of our dear ones there. They are safe, dear lambs. I cannot conceive of a person who has suffered what Horatio and Anna suffered and who came out with such strong messages of hope. No doubt, after this storm, they endured a challenging season. It seems that their perspective is what got them through it. They went on to have three more children, including another boy named Horatio, who also died at four years old, just as their previous son had, and lived their remaining days in ministry in Jerusalem. Their story has gone on to touch countless numbers of people through the hymn, It Is Well. It's easy when going through a dark period of life or even just a hard day to feel like that's all there is, to get wrapped up in how we're feeling become fearful, anxious, bitter, or to complain, wallow, and practice self-pity. However, storms are temporary. If there's one constant in life, it is that everything and every season comes to an end. A season could be a day, a year, or 20 years, but all things do end eventually. When we fear circumstances or outcomes, we give them power over us. It's interesting that we fear an outcome we can't control, And yet, the way we react to that fear in turn gives the outcome even more control over us. We let it control our decisions, actions, and thoughts. We worry and build anxiety while we wait for the storm to pass. But the best way to gain control is to let go of it. Let go of the fact that outcomes and circumstances are beyond your control. When your mind is free of that burden, you can focus on what you can control, which is your thoughts. That's the only place where you are 100% in the driver's seat. Sometimes, even your actions are constrained by circumstances outside of your control, but not your thoughts. This is where you rule as master. When you narrow the focus of your concerns to just your mindset, you can start to make progress, grow, and find hope in the midst of chaos. My own story pales in comparison to what Horatio and Anna Spafford went through. I wish I would have learned to adjust my mindset during a recent tough season. I hope you've caught wind of my learning style by now. I make mistakes until there's enough pressure that I could just burst, and then I do a 180-degree course correction. With that said, enjoy my predictable storyline. Last September, I bought a house, started a job, and found out I was pregnant all in the same week. We bought the home impulsively and didn't have a plan to sell our existing home because we thought we could just list it within a month or two. Well, wrong. Instead, we discovered a massive roof leak in our new home shortly after moving in that required a huge roof replacement bill. The day we discovered the roof leak was the day I broke emotionally. Suddenly, I was completely overwhelmed. It was like a wave crashed down on me. I lost my cool, lost my objectivity, and feared this new expensive and unpredictable future I was facing. This roof leak delayed fixing up and selling our old home. We were halfway through a kitchen remodel there. We had to finish it in order to sell. When well-intentioned people asked me if I had the nursery ready or was nesting yet, I laughed to keep myself from crying. Of course I wasn't nesting! At 8 months pregnant, I was on my hands and knees demoing tile and remodeling a kitchen. The old home finally sold two days after I had my baby. During this entire ordeal, my job also required 60-hour work weeks with a client who loved early morning meetings. Over this past year, while pregnant, working, and owning one home too many, which I don't recommend, I was often so overwhelmed I would just panic. My poor husband bore the brunt of my emotional outbursts. I'd look at the list of things to do and unload all of my fears onto him. I usually hurt our relationship and would stall progress on home renovations. It wasn't until near the end of my pregnancy that my husband and I talked and I managed to have a calm, objective perspective on the situation. We had to acknowledge that this season would pass. We would list the house eventually. The baby would come, eventually, and then I wouldn't be working. Then things would look different, soon. What's weird is, once I stepped back and gained perspective, suddenly we did make more progress on the homes. It's as though by clearing my mind of the junk I couldn't control, I was able to focus on what I could control. When going through a tough season, the foundational thing to keep in mind is hope that it will pass hope that all things pass, and have a purpose. As we said before, the only constant is change. The only guarantee for any situation is that it won't always be this way. If you've ever been pregnant, or even if you haven't been, you can probably imagine what I'm about to describe. You know there are three trimesters. The first is typically marked by fatigue and morning sickness. The second is a reprieve from that, but you start to show and get bigger. The third is a return of fatigue plus a host of other pains that come from your internal organs being squished, carrying extra weight, and your joints essentially turning to jelly. Each trimester can be tough for its own reasons, but one of the things that gets you through the painful final days of pregnancy is knowing that you'll soon meet your baby. You know the season will pass, so you bear down, try to enjoy the silver linings of your circumstances, and wait for a better season. If we apply that principle to other tough seasons, we can start to have hope. We may not have defined ending dates like we do in pregnancy, but that doesn't mean we can't rest knowing that this too shall pass. As you're going through your tough season, be sure to give thanks for glimmers of light. Of course, the ultimate example is Horatio being thankful that his wife was saved despite losing all of his children. If he can do that, then in more mundane circumstances, we can definitely find things to be thankful for. Let's back up for a second and discuss why this can be so hard sometimes. I imagine that it can feel like, if we are thankful in the midst of a storm, it looks like we aren't acknowledging pain or heartache. Sometimes we want to wallow, and gratitude takes us out of our wallow. Or if someone else is affected by the storm, our focus on gratitude could make us look insensitive. But there are ways to be grateful without being insensitive. And we should weep with those who are weeping. This is an act of brotherly love. But weeping with someone doesn't mean that you also accompany them in pity or bitterness. Never cross that line. And if you're afraid your gratitude will look insensitive, because it can, sometimes, in the depths of grief, you can still practice it, but keep it to yourself until a better time. When you're practicing gratitude, be careful not to add a butt clause in your head. I am so guilty of this. It's easy to find things to be thankful for, but... When I was going through my ordeal, I kept saying, yeah, I'm thankful to have a home, and would add, silently in my own head, but the roof leaks. Or, yeah, I'm thankful to be pregnant, and then think, but I can't enjoy it because I'm working so much. These bitter thoughts will steal your joy, steal your perspective, and are never constructive. Have your gratitude with no buts. In the same way, we don't say sorry, but we shouldn't say thank you, but it steals the positivity. I can think of so many things to be grateful for in the midst of challenging times if I try. This requires being present and looking outside of yourself. If you focus on how you feel, you will cross into the territory of self pity. Instead, open your eyes and look around you. Take a deep breath and count your blessings. Where are you? In bed? In a car? Are you warm and dry? Check. That's a huge blessing. Do you have actions you can take to try to change your circumstances? Check. That's a blessing. That means you aren't totally stuck. Do you have someone to love or a family that loves you? Check and check. In my case of going through pregnancy while working too much and owning two homes, I'm afraid I didn't really focus on gratitude. I focused on myself and the negativity I was feeling. I wanted to wallow. I celebrated when the season passed, but while going through it, I was sour and anxious, which is helpful to precisely no one. Being grateful for things and finding cause for celebration during tough times doesn't override the reality of your circumstances. It's not like you're ignoring problems or making them disappear, but the fresh and lightened perspective will increase your joy and reduce your anxiety. You might be surprised how much more surmountable your problems seem when you don't let them weigh you down as much. One of the things that I am most grateful for are lessons learned. I strongly encourage you when in the midst of a storm to look for a lesson. Like, actively look for one. Pride can make this so hard. No matter who you are, you have pride. We all do. Pride makes us feel like we don't deserve to be in a tough season. That bad things don't happen to good people, so we shouldn't have to look for lessons in the midst of hard times. Only bad people need to learn something, right? Only people who deserve what's coming to them have to worry about personal growth in the midst of a storm, right? Well, wrong. If you think you never deserve a hard season and have nothing to learn from it, then you risk a contentious life where you fight everything that comes to you, You'll fight things you can't change, assume you were never meant to endure hard times, and become bitter. But if you look for the lesson, you not only reduce your stress by eliminating the bitterness and hardship of battle, but you will actually come out stronger on the other side. You'll come out smarter. You will have learned something. That's the best-case scenario of a tough season, being equipped to avoid or overcome the next one. Look back on your toughest times in life it's likely that these are the times you grew the most and learned the most. I'm not crazy about the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, which I'll also save you the pain of me singing, but it might be more apt to say, what pushes you to your limits equips you for the future. It's not quite as catchy, but it's true. You come out wiser, stronger, and more prepared. Similar to lessons, you might find opportunities. Age has advanced my perspective here. The older I get and the more storms I experience, the more I can clearly see in hindsight how each low point brought me to a specific place and had a purpose. It is easier with time to see storms and the seasons that follow as opportunities. I just spoke with someone this week who has always loved food and traveling and even went into culinary school, but couldn't find a way to make a career in food work. So instead, she worked in marketing for years until earlier this year when the pandemic caused her company to do layoffs. Suddenly, without a job and no leads, she took a leap of faith and turned her dream into a reality. She started a food and travel company wherein she introduces people to cuisine from around the world. Right now, she's hosting remote classes and after the pandemic, hopes to include international retreats. Her business is already blowing up, she seized opportunity in the midst of a storm. If you keep your head down in the midst of a storm, you might miss these opportunities as they fly right by you. It's like how the doctor says in This Is Us in the very first episode after Jack and Rebecca lose one of their babies at birth. He says, take the sourest lemon that life has to offer and turn it into something resembling lemonade. You guys, sourest lemon is one of the hardest things I've ever said in my life. Kudos to the actor in that show for saying it. Take the sourest... (laughs) Take take the sourest lemon. Sourest lemon. Sourest lemon. I feel like I'm saying Sauron. Sourest. You guys try. It's so hard. Say it 10 times fast. Get back to me about that. Finally, I... (laughs) Finally, I have the least popular tip I could possibly give. Stop complaining. Just stop. Try acceptance. You're already going through a tough season, so complaining won't stop it from happening or from worsening. You complain because you like to wallow. Complaining will hurt you. You'll stay bitter. Bitterness is the enemy of contentment and joy. It will also hurt others and make people want to spend less time around you. No one wants to be around a complainer. People who bring negativity permeate the air with their stink. Complaining is a way of letting your circumstances control you. You can't accept a tough season without bending to it. I talk about this notion of objective acceptance in episode one. It's about being unemotional and objective in your response. Accept things and then decide to react well. Some of the objective things I like to say are things like, I know that what's happening to me is really hard. I don't know why it's happening, but I will push through it and come out wiser. I find that if I practice the previous tips, having hope that the season will end, being thankful for the glimmers of light in the midst of storms, and looking for lessons and opportunities, then I rarely feel the need to complain. Merry Christmas, everyone! practice saying sourest lemon, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like the podcast, the best way you can help out is to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can visit my website, youruncommonlife.com to read blogs, find podcast transcripts, and more. Please join my Facebook group, Your Uncommon Life Community, to join a group of supportive people.